This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. podcast it's something for the weekend time joining me david michael to discuss all things blades mr chris bud welcome hey up oh, sorry it's not chris bud it's sean bean welcome sean you're bastard you daft bastard <laughs> you're calling me a daft bastard mr bean have you not seen the, have you not seen the sharp the sharp compilation of just of just oh yeah it's brilliant sharp That's... doing bastard for about two minutes straight you kill my horse you bastard you're a scots bastard move you bastards Hope you lazy bastards! You fat bastard. Mongrels bastards. You stupid bastard! There's a French bastard in these mountains called Loop. Bastard. Bastards. Bastard. That bastard was gone off even when he was alive. You bastard. And the bastard that stole him. The crafty little bastard. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Probably one of the best things that ever landed on the internet. Some of the best things to come out of Yorkshire. Yeah, I interviewed Sean Bean in Venice, of all places. There's a contrast. Yeah, just a bit. to Sheffield. But yeah, I remember seeing his Blades tattoo. And I mean, he had a bee in his bonnet about something in the UK press had written. And the interview was me, Baz Ballingboy from the Daily Mail, and you know, interviewing Sean Bean. And he was talking to Baz all the time about this story of him his association with some wimp woman going around and it was absolutely completely ill-founded remember we were, i think we mentioned i think i spoke about neil warnock as well because he, he kicked off he kicked off neil warnock over something i'll have to look back for the old tape in the old he, annals he, he, uh, he, he played a sheffield united player who played for the blades didn't he when so is it when saturday comes the film yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's proper, as they say. Wasn't his tattoo? It's 100% Blade, if I remember right. Yeah, I've got a tattoo. It's 98% Aston Villa. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not quite there yet. (laughs) 50% only on three days of the week. 98% Villa. (laughs) That'd be great (laughs) as a tattoo. Oh, 100% Blade. Oh, yeah, 98% Villa. Right, coming up, this is a game against the bottom of the table. Sheffield United, what could go wrong? The first time, actually, I went to Bramall Lane was back in 1992 Stroke 93 season when the mighty Villa were chasing that league title. The first Premier League title against United. It was the days where you could just turn up in Sheffield and just pay on the the turnstile, get in to see one. How are we describing that goal? Gary Parker's where... Exocet. Exocet missiles. Staunton throw in. Parker lets it bounce once and then loop in volley. Beautiful. I think he scored the twice that, that day. Also memorable that day was Les Seeley mooning the away fans 
That was uh, back etched, when footballers were personalities. Etched on my brain. Back when footballers used to show their asses. Then TV cameras kind of came in all the time, and it, you know, it, people VAR. got shy. <laughs> people VAR came in, so there was no more asses to be seen. Well, actually, I think it's increased the number of asses to yeah, be no, seen. Yeah, it's just uh, a bunch VAR. of arseholes on show. <laughs> right. So uh, we remember last time we played uh, Sheffield United. Luckily, I was away in America, so I, I, I dodged a bullet there. Fortunately, you didn't miss much. Seventy-eight percent possession, and but no cigar. Archer pops up three minutes to go. You think this is a cruel world we live in? And we had a, we had a very dodgy, disallowed goal as well. I might add that Bailey goal that shouldn't have been chalked off. And then our Italian stallion popped up to get a an equaliser deep, deep, deep into injury time. But we kind of after that, that was the first dent in our glorious, polished. It was. 100% home record. and But I had a feeling that was we weren't going to win that game. And then it's been downhill ever since. I know, we, we managed a, to scrape it, three points against Burnley. But this is the thing. it's Sheffield United had the worst away record. They got a point out of us. Newcastle had the second worst away record going into that game a few days ago. They beat us. Now we're playing the team who were bottom of the table. A couple of wins. Good news is, though, in terms of their home record... They've only won two of the 11. Although they're bottom of the table, they are actually better than Burnley when it comes to home games. Burnley have only won one, drawn one, lost nine. Sheffield United have won two, drawn two. Actually, uh, recent form, not too bad at home. Got a draw against West Ham, which is a good result when you're down at the bottom. In the last six games at home, a couple of wins and a draw. So improvement there, certainly. I think they'll be licking their lips at Villa coming to town. They're definitely eyeing a point or three there. I think they'll give it a, good, a right good go in this one. I think they'll view it as a bit of a sitting duck at the minute, the way we're playing. Yeah. Will we surprise them? They'll just play with no fear. We are actually recording on transfer deadline day, which I, I don't really pay much attention to, but there is the news that uh, Bertrand Troy, he's, he's really good behind closed doors, Bertrand Troy, isn't he? And and when he plays on African soil as well, he can score yeah. penalties. <laughs> And every now, every now and then he just pulls one out of the bag like the Leicester goal last year or yeah. he has his little moments. He's had his contract terminated and he's off to Villarreal. So uh, Emery's obviously put in a good word, sent him a YouTube compilation of his goal against Leicester. That goal against, was it the baggies where he just, the passed, baggies he just passed, passed it, it into in the, the bottom corner, didn't he? And then, uh, then on the reels also there's selected penalties from the, uh, the AFCON. <laughs> <laughs> and he scored a belter, didn't he, against Man United? I remember he little touch and flicked it in the top corner. It was a great goal, that. Yeah, it's no coincidence, is it, that uh, it's Villarreal, no. considering the Emery uh, connection. But Emery got his man in Morgan Rogers, And everything else is mainly loans, isn't it? And yeah, the, if you're at the, the door. fullbacks that have come in. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's the young lad. And we've brought an, another player, for, I think it's Kellen Quinn, I think, for another West Brom youth academy player which Morgan Rogers is also just, yeah. it's just all about the baggies Costa Nedelikovic was obviously earlier the right back and uh, Lena Souza left back uh, he started off at the baggies uh, as well and an Aussie goalkeeper yeah they're all more for the future Rogers from Middlesbrough I think they will want him to add something to the party now yeah and uh, I think his height will uh, help although he's not you know he's not like a uh, Chris Wood character is he he's more uh, plays across the front three yeah well, he's, he's six foot four but he's mobile yeah he carry the ball can shoot so I think I think it's definitely a, a good bit of he's no really dead well I mean who is David but he's, he's <laughs> sort of you know I mean I remember when Traore played Traore's a big lad as well so it's kind of probably closer to that kind of player but a lot more mobile I, I can I can see the merit in you know in, in getting him now 
and we need we just need a little bit of something different somewhere so if, if it's him so be it yeah and and the deal it's uh, 8 million up front and then potential 7 million add-ons big chunk of that is going to Manchester City 25% and ultimately if you end up paying the sort of it goes up to 15 million it's because he's done a really good job and you'll happily pay it so yeah right as the action cranks up a notch now with Villa trying to stay in the European conversation if the game's live on TV, you can make sure of watching any of Villa's Europa Conference League, FA Cup or Premier League action at a Green King Sports pub who are supporting the show. Don't settle for a dodgy screen if it's on telly because it'll be on Green King's huge HD screens. And of course, if you download the Green King Sports app, you'll receive 10% off every single drink whenever there's a game on. So download the app. I think it's uh, an hour before and an hour after the game. You can also enjoy 10% off as well. So don't settle for anything less. Right, in terms of team's form... Over the last uh, six games, I think this is, I mean, Sheffield United are bottom in their six, last six games. They've only drawn two. It's the only points they've got. And now now you're getting a taste of where Villa really are in the pecking order in terms of form because we're, we're now 10th. Six games, win, won two, drawn two, lost two. That feels right at the moment, doesn't it? I would say so. You know, we were always going to have a dip you know, all the other teams around us have had theirs. We need to get out of our one, but we are having a sticky period now. Yeah, You'd hope a trip to Sheffield United is the right kind of game, but it also has the potential to really stick the knife in if your form continues to drop off. Yeah, the thing about Sheffield United, though, I mean, we were looking, you know, have they got any major injuries? And it's that they haven't really. I mean, Ryan Brewster's suspended. But also you're thinking, you look down their, their roster and you go, who cares? Yes, They're just it's not like, good, are they? It's almost like this. there's no need to go into their tactical setup and their threats and whatever because we should just fucking beat them that's the bottom line here and Mm -hmm. we can't be pussyfooting around now we've got to show against some of these bottom sides that we can be ruthless because our record against those you know you you think about you know sort of wolves it has to be drop points to you know everton obviously we sort of stumbled there you can can i mean you can understand the wolves one i mean let's not go over old ground but you're looking at this team i mean burnley have stuck five past them arsenal stuck five past them newcastle stuck eight past them you know on at bramall lane brighton scored five recently in the cup palace and scored for they ages, hadn't they? for shit. And, scored and they scored three. three midweek. Lincoln City, my uh, boys, beat them in the, the League Cup, beat them on penalties. This is not a great team. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Now, the thing that worries me is this predictability of Villa, which we saw again against Newcastle. And you look back at the Villa Park game against the Blades and it's, you know, 78%, four shots on target. You know, what, what's going on there? Well, it was the frustrating one, of course. There was the Bailey goal that was disallowed, and, and that for some reason it just but knocked shit the happens, out of though, it Shit weird. happens. Yeah. There sh- shouldn't be just one disallowed goal, and that's it. You don't. We should have beaten those bastards. But now is a time where you think, well, you've you've had your your dip. You've had your you know whatever wh- wh- you want to call it, physical tiredness, whatever excuse you want to come with. But I think a lot of it's mental. To sustain it. it. It's hard at any level. 
and also how opposition teams approach playing against you. But in terms of our away record, it's it's been like this pretty much the whole season. It's not terrible as people keep saying. It's, it's kind the of seventh. average. It's about it, we've always been the seventh or sixth best away team, and currently we are seventh. Won four, drawn three, lost four. As long as you've got a good home form, that will get you in the European places. That kind of uh, away form, lower echelons of the European places. Meanwhile, Sheffield United, as I've, I think mentioned earlier, nineteenth best. Who's the best home record in the league? Got to be us. No, Liverpool now. Those Ooh, days are over, dear. bud. Those days are over. We've been dethroned. How the mighty fall. Shows you how strong Liverpool are. I mean, they're always strong at Anfield, but it's pretty impressive that they're the first team to leapfrog over us. They look highly functional, Liverpool. They've got the thing that most of the other teams haven't, that they've been able to play badly and get results this season. Whereas I don't think Man City have. Arsenal haven't been able to. We have currently got the best home and away record, and they've more importantly, they've only lost one game. They look really good. Contrast that with Manchester City, who've lost three away from home. Arsenal have lost four games. So you see the seriousness of Liverpool's title challenge there. I think it'll be them and City are going to go toe to toe. Yeah, when you look at Arsenal and it's like twenty played twenty two, won fourteen, drawn four, lost four. That's not really title. I mean that obviously they're on the same points of Manchester City, but City got a game in hand. I think City will double down in focus, but Liverpool seem to be a very tough team to beat. They've, their defense is pretty miserly. I mean uh, they've got the conceded nineteen goals in twenty two games. When you're conceding less goals than games played, it's always impressive. Mm-hmm. Although Liverpool do go to Arsenal this weekend, so that's going to be an interesting sort of yeah. round of fixtures this week. You know, Man U play anyway, West we're, Ham. We're, we're trying to avoid the Sheffield United game because it's literally, it's a one-sentence preview. It's like, just fucking win and that's it. Yeah, just win. Done. Looking at their... Well, there is no threats, is there really? Archer, I suppose, after the after the Villa Park game. Had one chance and took it, yeah. if he plays. But they do, well, I wouldn't say rotate, but let's say they, they haven't got that forward position knuckled down, have they? No, no, not at all. Would you expect Archer to play? To start, should I say? I don't I don't think so, actually. I think he's been coming off the bench in the last few games, so he may well not start this one. He didn't start against West Ham when they got a good draw, and then obviously midweek they played Palace. Yeah, against Palace he played like three minutes. West Ham, Manchester City came off the bench 20, 23 minutes. The last time he started was the loss against Luton and then the Villa game as well. And then he'd played uh, the three games before that. Well, he, he's been a regular starter since... Like the, he started against Everton, that was their fourth game, and then he was a regular starter, and then he seems to have fallen from grace. And that you know, since the Villa game, uh, ironically, well, since you know Luton one that followed. So I think it's more of a tactical switch, isn't it, rather than him not being up to the task. And, and strangely, some of the results have been a little bit better without him yeah. as a lone striker, which figures because I, I don't necessarily think he leads the line very well. I think he's a, a great finisher, but I don't necessarily think you get enough out of him in all the other aspects. No, I, th- I, I do agree that he should be playing off somebody. Probably a McBurney, but I don't think them. Very few teams play a front two anyway. But yeah, McBurney is their top scorer at the moment. I mean, he's started nine games for substitute appearances. McBurney Archer's actually started fifteen, so he has been. McBurney's been uh, injured though. Yeah, when you when you weigh up, Archer has been the main starter. 
But then outside of Archer's three goals, McBurney's four, then, you, you know, you got a few players on uh, a brace and uh, that's pretty much it. I mean, goals are hard to come by uh, for the Blades and that's a bit of an understatement, really. They've had a hard, you know, hard season, haven't they? You know, it, the reality is it's not going to end well for them, you wouldn't think. But, um, you know, to stay up from this point would be a pretty staggering achievement. But when you come into the league and you sell your two best players, that's kind of a bit of a white flag being flown, I would imagine, from their own fans. They just think, well, does our owner even give us a chance? Yeah. Well, I'd rather talk about Gary Parker's goal against them in 92 straight 93 rather than talking about them anymore. So let's go straight to the Mums Bulls panel result here. What are you going for? I am going for a very unconvincing away win. So you say this every time, this scraping, unconvincing. At the moment, at the moment, I thought we'd beat Man City. I was very confident in that one. I thought we'd beat Arsenal. I was confident in that one and many other games. I'm just not at the moment. That's it's just where we're at right now. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going to. I want to tempt the gods, the football gods, into this. I'm going to go draw. It wouldn't surprise me. And it really uh, wouldn't. Then, then getting knocked out against Chelsea <laughs> in the FA Cup. It's a big sort of seven-day period for Villa. You know. I think it gets worse before it gets better. I'm hoping Newcastle was a bit of a watershed, but we're going to see now. Emery's had kind of had everything his own way, hasn't he, in terms of how things have gone since he came in. He hasn't had to kind of re reinvigorate the team yet. He had a three-game blip, but that, that was against kind of... That was more... Could argue good, good opponents, you could say. They were good opponents, and I think that was what I'd call teething problems in growing into the kind of the villa that we've become, you know, end of last season and then obviously this season in terms of the style of play. At this point, we need to just reinvent ourselves a little bit in that and our approach. And that's why Newcastle just felt so stale. It, it's a team that needs invigorating at the moment. Yeah. There's so many teams have, are gutted through injuries of major players. So are you telling me that just losing Torres, Torres. down really and then it just sinks the whole ship? But we've got to be stronger than that. You can't really get by with that. But then again, you look at our personnel and, you know, Longley was playing Champions League football, Barcelona. Then you've got Diego Carlos. You would say we've got our strongest core of centre-backs that we've probably ever had. Yeah, I would say so, for, for certainly for a very long time. I can't think of a, a period where we've been better equipped in that position. Yeah, if, let's include Mings in a five centre-backs and, you know, Longley's yeah. obviously there to cover his absence. But, yeah, you can't just, like, throw the rattle out of the pram and start crying because Pau Torres isn't there. You, you should be still win, winning certain games that we're playing. We should be beating Sheffield United without bloody Pau Torres. Well, you shouldn't be relying on a needing a full strength, yeah, full full strength backline to beat Sheffield United at bottom of the table. The way Emery wants to play is kind of intrinsic, but then again, we were still fine with like Mings and Konza in there, and so the onus is more on the midfield and and forwards. And this is what I'm saying: we you, that cannot be your crutch. You, you no. need more dynamism from uh, those guys up front. And we we saw it like against Newcastle, where you just got Moreno going down the line on his own, and it's like, well, where's the uh, the player in tandem that he always had? You'd hope that you know Bailey is you know had a bit of game time. He's now sharp and fit and ready to rock and roll because you've got to put him in from the start, surely. Yeah. In this, if one. he starts and he's fit, then I I I, I, I think Villa should win this. Put it that way. I agree. I think so. And uh, I'll I'd throw my draw prediction out the window. I mean, I'm not putting money on this draw, by the way. I'm just saying it because that's how I feel at the moment. 
yeah, I'm still pretty knocked off by the Newcastle game, to be honest. But We'll talk about Chelsea uh, in the next podcast. Uh, let's get this one out there. I've put out a few in the last week. We put out a Newcastle reaction show, so all of this takes a lot of time getting out. So let's end it here, shall we? But before we go, I just want to say thank you to the My Old Man Said members for supporting the show, as always. And I'll do the shout-outs for the new members uh, in the next main show. But if you want to join us for 2024 go to com for more details on how to be a mailmanshead member right chris does the turnaround start against the blades bastards come on then you yellow bastards away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.